The Bible Podcast is here to help get us in the Word together, in those small pockets of time that we can find doing chores or tasks, traveling or commuting, and it doesn't have to be hard or complicated. So come on in, have a seat, and let's read the Bible together. This is your host, Virginia Price. Welcome to the Bible Podcast. Hey, Bible fam, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to be with you for episode 101 of the Bible podcast. It's been a really cool run. I'm really excited. If you haven't heard episode 100, I highly encourage you to go over to the podcast channel. That one wasn't a video. It should have been. It could have been but we had a little bit of a technical glitch. So if you haven't heard episode 100 of the Bible podcast, head over to the podcast platform and go check it out there. If you are catching me on our podcast platform, then you are good to go. You haven't missed out on anything. And uh, I'm really excited and thankful that you're here. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we answered some common questions that people have often when they're coming into the faith. I wanted to go ahead and continue that with a couple of weeks answering some more questions. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about how to handle difficult questions about your faith and about the Bible. Now, this could go in a lot of different directions, and lots of people have different angles when it comes to questions about faith. Something it could be as, you know, innocuous as someone just being like, hey, are you a Christian? And then, oh, how do I answer that? And then it could be as serious as, you know, getting kicked out of your family or, you know, being denounced by your friends. Maybe you're in a more severe situation wherever you are. So we're not going to go into every angle and thing that we could when it comes to hard questions or just answering questions about your faith in the Bible. But we want to talk about how to handle these difficult decisions. So we're going to just get into it. And then the questions will reveal themselves in the text, won't they? (laughs) we're going to go ahead and jump into Titus chapter one today. So if you're going to read along with me, that's where we're going to be is Titus one in the NLT. If not, just sit back, kick back and listen to the Bible. Had to have a coffee break. Titus one, greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim the faith to those God has chosen and teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And now at just the right time, he has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of our God and Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. I am writing to Titus, my true son in the faith that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior give you grace and peace. Titus's work in Crete, verse 5. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. 
This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teaching. And they do it only for money. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, has said about them, The people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. This is true, so reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and conscience are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Mm, that's heavy. <laughs> that's a heavy place to end. You know what I mean? But definitely a place that makes you want to like uh, flip the page and keep reading because I definitely want to keep reading, but we're not going to get that to today. We'll, we'll get that to a different day. So why Titus one for how to handle difficult decisions about faith or the Bible? I think a really good place for us to start, if you haven't picked up on it by now, typically when we do these topics and things, the Lord directs me more to a foundational concept first that we then build upon. So I'm not surprised that this is also what we're reading, because even though it's pointed at the leaders of the church, and if you are going to be leading others in the faith, all of these standards that you need to meet, I get that. But also, how many times did Jesus come and say, oh yeah, you know that law that you've been following? You know that thing that you think is really important? Well, I'm actually making that way more important. You say, I haven't murdered anybody, so I'm good. And I'm saying, if you even have hate in your heart towards someone, if you think evil thoughts about someone, then you've murdered them in the eyes of my father. Right? I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what it says. I think it would not be too far to say that even though this is the standard that's held to leaders of the church and people in ministry, we are representation of Christ in lots of areas in our own life. I don't think it's a stretch to say that we should be holding these values and living this way as well. None of us are perfect. We're all human. We all err. We're flawed. That's why we need Jesus. And as long as we're on this earth, we are going to continue to need Jesus because we will continue to sin and we are not, we're going to fall short constantly, right? But I think it's a good reminder that we need to live right and we need to live wholesome. We need to not be quick tempered. We're not heavy drinkers or violent or dishonest with money, right? We should invite people into our homes. We need must love what's good, be wise and be just and have a disciplined life. I love that because even think about your friends growing up. Typically you've known someone that's just kind of like a moocher freeloader, whatever term you want to call they're flaky. You want to have plans, you make plans and then they don't show up or they totally forget about it or they cancel in the last minute. And you have that kind of person over and over in your life. And you're like, yo, like you don't say it, but the thought is be disciplined if you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. If you say you're going to do something, do something. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? Like we not, we're not supposed to say yes and then change our mind. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, let's go ahead and before we have these difficult decisions about faith and about the Bible, 
Like, let's us be the representation of Christ in the rooms that we're in. Maybe you're going to school. Maybe you're the only Christian in your workplace. Maybe you're going to be the only person who can be honorable and pure in whatever room you're walking into. We would hope not, but you never know when something about you is going to strike someone. And wouldn't it be the best if it's your wholesomeness or your kindness or your graciousness or your humility that strikes somebody? And then they think, oh, wow, that person's really different or they're so nice or I just like being around them. They're just nice to hang out to. You know, you see them in the hallway and a smile comes on their face. Then you find out they're a Christian and you're like, oh, so this is not like a loudmouth knowing person on Facebook that's trying to tear people down in the comments. Like, this is a really nice dude. He's always been really helpful to me. He holds the door open when I'm coming down the hall. Like, oh man, yeah, I like that guy. You know what I mean? So let's start there. Let's like cut off hard conversations at the head by living the life we're supposed to live and walk that out. Sound good? I know you can do it. Let's go ahead and pick up here tomorrow. And if you are catching this on the video recording, um, that one's probably not going to be video recorded. So come over to the podcast. If you head to the sevenfold.com slash the Bible podcast, or just go to the sevenfold.com, you can find our podcast info there. We have our podcast player with episodes ready to go your favorite platforms that you want to listen to podcasts on with links to the show there. So you can go ahead and find us there as well. Much love to all of you guys. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, I hope you have a great week and I will hope to see you back here tomorrow on another episode of the Bible Podcast. Bye everybody. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you in our audience and I hope you come over to our Instagram and join our community there at underscore the Bible podcast. Our podcast is a ministry production of The Sevenfold. If you'd like to know more about us and what we do, please visit our site at thesevenfold.com. Thanks again for joining me today. And until next time, much love from The Bible Podcast.